It's that kingdom, that kingdom coming we pray for in the Lord's prayer. Those are my people. They're on the way. We have no interest in these hand-me-down hatreds. Faith in the Fresh Vibe podcast. I am Rohati. Coming at you from Treaty 7 lands in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. This one's a treat, y'all. Welcome to the podcast, Starlet Thomas, work in the raceless gospel. Starlet is an author, an activist, a visual artist, and a race abolitionist, and you're going to come into our conversation midway through, and we go at it for a good hour. This is a fun conversation. I know you're going to really enjoy it. Before we jump in, don't forget that this season is a season, and all the future ones that you can sponsor. Uh, We don't have Rolex. We don't have, I don't know, insert fancy brand here. But we can be supported by listeners just like you. There are a variety of ways you can do that. So jump in on the website, rohattie.com. You'll find up in the menu, one of the links is support, and you can find different ways to send support. As well, one of the easiest ways, and it's free, is to sign up for the newsletter. I send a monthly newsletter out, and in that newsletter, I have a monthly reflection, as well as some curated links that I found interesting, and also I'll give you some updates on new projects, so when the next edition of Season 7 or Season 6 of Faith in the Fresh Vibe is coming, all my book announcements as well, so Don't delay. Sign up on that website, same one, rohadi.com. It's on the homepage. I think you still get a free ebook with that sign up, an ebook I wrote last year. Last year. Yeah. A little small booklet on anti racism in the church. Anti racism and anti racist discipleship are items of interest. I think I can say that. Many churches are looking at deepening their response and formation around justice. Some churches are further ahead, some are just starting off. And if you're in the latter category, I think my resource will help you reimagine some aspects or at least press you forward to the next stage in your journey towards justice in your neighborhood, in your city, and beyond. Well, back to our conversation coming up here with Starlet Thomas, you will find her in her own series called The Raceless Gospel. That's a podcast series. So if you like what you're hearing, you can find her and find more of Starlet on The Raceless Gospel podcast. She serves in a variety of different parachurch spaces, including her own The Raceless Gospel. You can also find her at Good Faith Media. Dot org, and she's a writer and also is pressing forward with uh, her podcast there as well. So, without further ado, we're going to jump in and talk about race or the lack thereof, or what is next, more importantly, in this conversation as we pursue together as Christians this vision of what is better to come. Hope you enjoy. Without further ado, Cue the organ. Organs ready? Let's go. 
thank you so much for gracing us with your time. Uh, you have vision to share with us today. Uh, Thanks welcome. for having me. I appreciate it. We always start off with a conversation just to draw in listeners to your stories, just to add some context of where you are situated uh, in the world, um, maybe whose lands you are situated on, and then kind of jump into passions and, and who are your people and, and just little pieces like that. So uh, where are you located? Where, where are you at right now? So I'm in what is now Bowie, Maryland. Uh, it's the land of the Piscataway people. Maryland. Yeah. You've been in there for yeah. for how long? How long has that been? Five, would, six would years. Would you call it home? It's getting there. It's getting there. Maybe about five, six home years. before? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, my, my parents are not missionaries or in the military. We just had a, is a rough, messed up childhood. So we moved around a lot. And so this feels hmm. like home. Mm-hmm. Uh, this feels like home. So I was born in Pensacola, Florida, spent some time with my grandparents in Foley, Alabama, uh, and then moved to Buffalo, New York when I was about 16, went to school there, went to finished up high school there, uh, did undergrad and graduate school there, and then came to move to DC actually for a little bit. So I've been in the area for about 10 years. So you have done, and since you just mentioned it, some, and this may not be all, but some theological studies among other studies, perhaps. Uh, yeah. Went to the, the, <laughs> the, the, the historic Colgate Rochester Crozier Divinity School where the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. attended, among mm. others, Howard Thurman. Yeah. That was your there. undergrad or graduate studies? Mas- that was Master of Divinity. Uh-huh, your MDiv- did, did you just wrap that up? Nope. Yeah, wish. <laughs> like 10 years ago. Okay, like me. That was like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, I'm in a doctor I'm ministry that, program now. Yeah, that's right. Because I knew you were in something, and so you then just started a D-Min then. And about two years in. Two years in. So not just started, almost done. Oh, yeah. ABD. D-Min. All but dissertation, working on ecclesiology and a the transformative interplay of uh, race, of course, the socio-political uh-huh. construct of race, and then community building. So if you rolled through your MDiv, what has ministry, and, and sometimes I use the normal church lingo when in my context, um, I would never use a lot of these terms, um, but at least it situates us uh, in the past decades and it's your MDiv and perhaps even prior, what has um, ministry looked like, uh, your context historically um, and has that shifted into a more nuanced focus today? That's such a good question. Uh, when I went went to seminary, I didn't want I didn't want to be there for the traditional reasons. I thought that I was being called, air quotes, to, semin- to seminary uh, for Bible study. I enjoyed reading the Bible, that bibliophile mm. coming mm. through. I just like the books. Mm-hmm. So I came to study. I had no interest in preaching, and I avoided mm. it until it was required for my, my senior course. Um, so I didn't preach until then. I had no interest in pastoring either. Won't the, won't the Holy Spirit make a, a liar out of you? Because I've since um, served as an associate pastor, um, assistant pastor in some circles, and then as an interim pastor for a few years. Um, and then after that, I did denominational work for about 10 years, which I just finished up. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to serve in denominational leadership. I didn't want to, didn't want to do the church thing. I wasn't really interested mm-hmm. at all for whatever reason. I'm not really sure because um, I enjoy preaching. But I, since then, you know, I'm now serving Um, as the director of the Raceless Gospel Initiative, which is my baby, um, (laughs) and the associate editor there. Uh, And so, yeah, ministry is different now. It's like once you learn 
how did they say, once you know how the sausage is made, you no longer want to eat it. And so the, cl the closer I got to ministry and leading in ministry and saw just a lot of hypocrisy um, sure. in the ways in which church people hurt folks and push good people out of the church and honestly into um, rejecting the faith altogether for the sake of power and position. I had no real interest in it. And so I'm walking with some folks now that are talking that through who have left the church and want to stick with Jesus. Mm. Um, because sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes church people will make you want to leave Jesus. Oh. <laughs> um, so just walking, just walking through, I don't want to stereotype an entire group. <laughs> I don't want to stereotype an entire group before my experience. Sure. This is come, coming from someone who was a church girl, you uh -huh. know, Raised holiness Pentecostal. We had to be ugly to be godly. You couldn't wear makeup. You couldn't wear pants. You couldn't go to the movies because you were sitting in the seat of the scornful never people. Heard that. <laughs> ugly to be uh, godly. You had to be ugly to be godly. Oh, no, you couldn't put on any makeup, honey. These these <laughs> those dark circles under your eyes were of God. The devil is a liar because oh, Mac makeup covers a multitude of sins. Come on in here with me, somebody. No, so I was a very religious, rigid, a very rigid religious upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to only find out that some of those folks weren't keeping the laws they were prescribing to me. Mm. Those long dresses they told me to wear came up just as quickly as the short ones. <laughs> uh, and that your child is 22 and you've only been married for 20 years uh, or 25 years. Your child is 25. The numbers just weren't adding up. Like, mm. you've been married for 20 years. How is your child 22? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mm. So that means you were engaged in the premarital sex you told me not to engage in. It just, just started having questions. And in, and in that space, um, in a very rigid space where it's do as I say, not as I do, you don't ask mm -hmm. questions because God is not to be questioned, which means I am not to be questioned. <laughs> and that just didn't sit well with me it's because the questions just kept coming. Was that a predominantly, uh, would you classify it as a, a patriarchal? No, my first pastor was a woman. Mm -hmm. Holy mm -hmm. Pentecostal recognizes both male and female uh yeah. ministers that was never a question for me it was, became a question when i entered into the baptist denomination yeah i said to call to preach i looked up and i said i want to do that and i said it to one of my favorite deacons he said oh you could be a sunday school teacher oh, yeah. and yeah. i knew mm. i knew what he was saying but i didn't want to accept it because he was my favorite deacon mm. um and so i put it down for a bit um but no oh, that was no. never a question it was never a question it was never That's... a question that women could preach i'd already seen it once you see it Not you can't good. unsee it yeah no yeah. i was 17 i was in love you know, with God, you know, we came up under the Jesus is your boyfriend movement. Mm, <laughs> classic. This really disgusting yeah, it's <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just really bad. I didn't realize how yeah. bad it was, but it's really bad. Um, so, of course, things have definitely changed. Jesus is not my boyfriend. Okay. I'm single. I like long walks in the park. Uh, my favorite book right now is anything by James Baldwin. If you're listening, no, I'm just... <laughs> hmm. That's no, a good so choice. It's, yeah. No, it's different. It's different now. Things are very, it's different. It should be. You should mature. You should grow. Uh, you should stretch and you should ask questions. Yes. And, and you should walk into the gifts and the callings that you know in your own self and heart and person that you have. It, yeah. it makes me sad when you say that you felt this pull to preach and then you put it down for a little bit. Yeah. I was 17. Uh, I was excited. I was very worse. gifted with the uh, Bible study. So in Sunday school reports, they had to give a Sunday school report. And so I was the only one uh, typically that would have read the lesson ahead of time, answered all the questions. And so when they said, mm -hmm. we need a volunteer to give the Sunday school report, I would give it. 
this is Starlight reporting for Sunday school class number two. In today's lesson, we learned da 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 da. And so I saw the preacher up preaching. I said, I can do that. Yeah. Just like, just like, it didn't seem like a big deal to me. I just said, because I could, I can do yeah. that. Yeah. Hey, all he's doing, he's saying the same thing every Sunday. <laughs> Early Sunday morning, he got I can do that. Yeah. Won't it do it? I can do that. Bibbidi bobbidi boo. I can do that. Yeah. Sound, but no substance. Hmm. I could do that. You're saying the same thing every week. You're saying nothing that challenges me. You're saying things that make me feel good. That's going to give you a good offering. I can do that. What I do now, yeah, that's very different because so I understand the power of those it. words. You yeah. can unlock the rhythm of it, yeah. but that's more of a play. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, theatrics in many in in many ways, and you you have. It's become that. It wasn't before. Like it used to be. Used to have deep meaning, and it was accompanied by mm -hmm. moans and okay, sighs. Yeah. It was yes. a deeply rhythmic faith. Now it's gotten into this I don't know, Holy Ghost party, you know. Performative. Yeah, it's very much performative. Yeah. You know, the deep, yeah. the, the pastor's more like a theological gigolo. You know, if I preach, oh, you know, throw these dollars up here. It's oh, just boy. too much. It's too, huh? Was that too much for the listeners? Huh? I'm sorry. You uh, no, you keep that huh? for your order. Uh, <laughs> That's good. You could probably. Uh, to me, that's what it sounds like because the, I just, I just feel like the, often the women are fawning after you know, that, the single woman. Uh -huh. That's my husband. And it's like, no, that's somebody else's husband. It could be everybody's husband up in here. Yeah. So I think sometimes that cult of personality yeah, trips, yeah. Us, trips us up. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, and I'm that's not culturally to relevant anybody. too. Yeah, so absolutely. We're chasing that. Um, we're chasing the single CEO or um, charismatic leader. To draw us into some, it, they they actually become the linchpin to community. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. yeah, yeah, because if pastor's not coming, I'm not coming. Who's preaching? Pastor not preaching? Oh, I won't be there this Sunday, child, because he got a word for me. And oh. it goes on down. Well, who? What they singing? Oh, I don't like that song. They need to sing something. I'm I'm not clapping to that. I don't even like her, and she can't sing. Oh. It's very personal. Mm -hmm. It's very consumeristic. Mm -hmm. We get to pick and choose when and from whom God can speak through. The devil is a liar. <laughs> that's not how it goes. And that, let me be clear. That's not all women. I do know a few, a few women who said they're called to be a pastor's wife, though. Shame mm. for shame. I don't know. I've never <laughs> heard that type of calling in my life. I don't know what book of the, what epistle oh, you're reading uh, from. Somewhere in and Paul didn't say somebody's that. book. <laughs> Paul didn't say I'm called to be somebody. <laughs> pastor's wife. Cut that out. Dressing up with pearls. Cut it out. We're definitely going to come back to, like, I'm serious. There's probably half a dozen sweatshirts that we can make right now. <laughs> and if we were into that, thing, I, they're yours. So if you were into that, thing, you imagine <laughs> profit off of these one-liners, self-deprecating experiences in the church. Oh, well, white people do it. Let me see. Why can't we? I was looking at that. I, I'm now jumping off a tangent just today, just today because it bothered me. Sometimes these things bother me, but each of the um, big hashtags of deconstructing religion, so and and many of them are 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 valuable. I'm not saying they're not valuable, but things like uh, ex evangelical uh, church to. Um, uh, what's the other evangelical? There's something of uh, deconstruction. They're all created by white people and propped up by white people. And I'm like, there's something incongruent here. Although they're responding from their own uh, experiences, predominantly in contemporary white evangelicalism, 
that doesn't mean that there aren't different voices that can come into the fold and be part of this conversation, maybe not of deconstructing whiteness. Uh, that's your job to do. But pointing for better ways of the future. Anyways, that's an aside. It bugged me. Clearly. You can have a <laughs> prayer moment right now. We can stretch out our hands. For I don't know. I mean, maybe I just got to gotta work on my own self. Why do these things bug me? But maybe it's because they have included good work. me. And that's good work. Uh, okay, okay. Let, let's let's take a step back. And how would you answer this question? Uh, who are your people? Those people are few and really far between. Mm-hmm. I, and it's an open question. Yeah. I, like, how would you even describe that? I think those people are in the future. Mm. I do. Mm. I think my tribe is on the way. I think my, my tribe is a kingdom coming. Mm. That have no interest in the us versus them binary narrative that's given that don't want the inherited hatreds uh, for them for us it just doesn't fit um we don't want the overarching theme of whiteness to control who we are and how we how we move and live and we don't want to live move and have our being in whiteness for mm-hmm. us it is not supreme no god is supreme and we need to we need to check that power as often as possible so my folks are of, co- of course deconstructing mm. but also uh decentering whiteness that socio-political construct uh, because there are no physically colored white people and there's no white country. If we could just get that right, there's no there's country no for white country. There's no country for white. Yeah, there's no white country. Uh, there's no white language. There's no white culture. I'm just just pointing out facts here. Mm-hmm. You can be from Italy. You can be from Spain. You can be from. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not from white. There's no country called white. <laughs> I appreciate you, but it's not centered in the dirt. It's not. It's a, oh. it's a system. It's a structure. And so mm-hmm. just my people are coming. My people who can see that this is a color-coded uh-huh. pyramid scheme and they're not going to buy <laughs> oh, it. They're just not going to oh. buy into it. It is. <laughs> this, this is dumb. You're oh. not white. Go and oh. see your peach. Your peach, maybe. I don't know what it is. And it doesn't even matter to me. Like all of your human being cannot be tied up in epidermis. How superficial are we? Oh, I just, I, I just want to have there. a deeper, yeah, yeah, we end there too, because apparently if you're white, you're right. And if you're black, get back. And if you're brown, you can stick around. Like, come on. If you're mellow, you're yellow. Come stop. That stuff is juvenile to me. So my folks are on the way. It's that kingdom, that kingdom coming. We pray for in the Lord's prayer. Those are my people. They're on the way. We have no interest in these hand-me-down hatreds. You mm. can keep sending your children off to this race war. We're going to bow out. Thank you. We are pacifists in that way. Our enemy is race. We have no interest in attacking sisters and mm-hmm. our siblings. We have no interest mm-hmm. in waging war on flesh when there's systems and powers and principalities in place that make this thing go round and round. Mm-hmm. We're not doing it. So my people, my tribe, they're on the way. They're being born. <laughs> so this got... message may not be for you. <laughs> and that's okay with me. You got limited energy. You got to... I mean, you got to pick and choose what you're going you to fight or what you're going you to represent. You got to pick your battles. You got to pick your battles. And there are people who can fight that fight and wage that war and get, and I do uh, some of it's it because I do protest. I do protest. But I also, they also have to be people, uh, what's her name? Gloria, um, her name is Gloria, what is it? Enzal Dua, I think it is. She says, Voyager, she says it like this. She says, Voyager, there are no bridges. One builds as one walks. Mm. Where I'm going we haven't laid the foundation for that. But if you're going to get there, somebody has to start walking in that in that direction. And so that's where I'm headed. I'm going in a different direction. Now, you don't have to go with me. I don't have a map for you. I don't know what I don't know where we're going to end up. But I know that the way we're going, that's not the way. That's not the way. That's not the way it's supposed to be. All this, this is the way it is. Yeah. Slavery was the way it, 
way it is for a long time. And Jim Crow segregation was the way it is for a long time. Somebody has to get ready to say, that's the way it was. Mm. I want to be a part of that group. That's the way it was. I mean, the insidious nature of white supremacy would imply that that was the way. It's trying to sell that story in the post-civil rights world. Mm -hmm. It's trying to sell you Uh colorblind And passing laws. Mm-hmm. To ensure it's that the power, it stays it's the that power way. pieces, and, and and as you were describing, right off the hop, you say, "I'm done with this us versus them. We're not, we're not part of that." And 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 the other factor then draws into calling out with distinctiveness whiteness and those systems, which to those who are just being drawn or on the outskirts of this reality of seeing themselves as ready participant and benefactor of systemic white supremacy, uh, they actually see a problem with uh, this distinction because to them it is conflict. To them, you're being divisive by observing and merely describing the systems and powers at B already in I didn't make them. Yeah, but that's abusive. That's abusive, though. That's what and, abusers oh. do. They deny them the gaslight. That's abusive. We have, to, we have to call these things what they are. And when, no, it is. And then when, hmm. when Christians take on that's these a perks, powerful, that's, these benefits of whiteness. No, when Christians take mm-hmm. on the perks of whiteness. And then you, it is a mechanism to hold power. Yeah, and it's also to control a narrative. Well, that's not the mm-hmm. narrative I want to live into. Mm-hmm. You don't get to choose for me what my story is. You just don't. You're not my narrator. Uh-huh, <laughs> There's a lot of uh-huh. denouncing that has to happen in terms of whiteness and divestment of power. Mm. Whiteness is about power. It's mm-hmm. not about it's not about my appearance. That's a tool. That's a mechanism. Mm-hmm. That's a distraction. Mm-hmm. I just want to control mm-hmm. your body. I want to tell you where you belong and how you can behave. And I do that by telling you ahead of time who you are. Mm. Well, who, how did you get ahead of me? Mm-hmm. It's a control of white people, just, too. I just got here. You can't, you can't put race in front of me. You can't do that. I just got here. I'll let you know how I entered. I'm new here. But yeah, I just got here. Don't tell new. me that this is the way that my life will be. You don't get to, to, no. to live my life for me and no. then hand it back to me and say, well, this is the way it is because you're a black person. And the devil is a lot. What? Hmm. No, I want to live. Mm. And I want to live life abundantly. I don't want this raggedy, mm. used the the leftovers of whatever story. you think of me uh-huh. no thank you no, the leftover story oh it's the leftovers of what you think of me i no thank title you for a book you you're really working on projects over there i know i just you're, if you're listening he's taking <laughs> just copious sweaters, notes just sweaters. On, what, <laughs> on what he can do it is not to suggest that those systems are not in place but it is to take your power back and say those are people that are pulling those levers mm. whiteness is not supreme Whiteness is not divine. God is not white. God is not a colored human being. That's that's the reach. That's the scope. That's the sin of whiteness. You've gone too far. And you can call yourself white, fine and dandy. Great. That's what you want to do. Do it. But you don't get to call God. You don't get to call the creator of all that was and is and will ever be white. You don't get to make God in your image and then tell me that I have to worship. No, thank you. It's the opposite. Jesus was a colored being in the sense of being a systemically oppressed, multi-ethnic human in a we stage. We talked about this. You know that Jesus was not a surfer. 
was not so. I'm not saying he was a. I said he was a Mediterranean Jew. The Mediterranean Jew. That's it. He's a Jewish man. (laughs) Now, how we got away from Jews and Gentiles? I don't know how we we ended up excommunicating the Jewish part of our faith. But that's not okay. It's a white pass. That's not okay either. Yeah, that's not okay either. Mm. You just have to call the things as they are. You have to keep telling those stories. It's easier to repeat the lies than it is to embrace the truth. It's easier. Well, that's what they say. So, and nobody else is going to say it any different. And that's the way things are. And that's the way they see us. Interrupt it. Interrupt it. You don't want to spend your, your whole life living out what somebody says about you, what somebody else says about you. You want to embody that your entire life. I don't want to embody blackness. That's not the word that God spoke when God made me flesh. God didn't breathe out millions of people and say, black, why? Get out of here. My God is more creative than that. I want to embody Starlet, that mm-hmm. brilliant performer, that mark of excellence. Uh-uh. You're not going to reduce me like that. I'm not giving anybody that kind of power. What is the danger, or is there, in an erasure of identity? Not what's imposed in a racialized identity, mm-hmm. but what you have, what you can't escape culturally that has formed you. I think it's cool to name, it's fine to name oppressions. I don't have to name myself after mm. those oppressions. I do not. So I'm an African-American woman. My folks are from Africa. Uh-huh. They were stole from Africa. They were not stole from a country <laughs> called Black. Uh-huh. That, na- uh-huh. that name is a name given. I'm serious. It's a, it's a way to excommunicate me from my land and my language and my culture, yes, which many of us don't know. Been. We That's lost right. our last It's a lost story. You cannot trace. Get, okay, well, you know, do some ge- genetic testing on Black. Let me mm. know which people come up. Let me know which land I come from mm. when you call me Black. Let me know what language, what tradition, what clothing, what narrative I inhabit when you call me black. And tell me where they come from. So you are pressing on a return of identity, but towards yeah. a God. And, and ethnicity is, is the piece that mm-hmm. God says you keep mm-hmm. now. And I'm from the dirt. The it's just not called black. The dirt mm-hmm. is not called black, white, mm. red, yellow, and brown. It's, it's African. It's European. It's Italian. It's French. It's Scottish. But these colors you're trying to give me, no sir and no ma'am, and no thank you. I'll pass on that. So no, it's not erasing, it's not erasing heritage and culture. It is to say that I'm not going to identify by a color. Mm-hmm. I'm not, and that's uh, my choice. So you, okay, I'll play the ignorant um, <laughs> response here. You would not then self-identify as a black woman. I would not, because mm-hmm. that's not a self-identity. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a social identity. Mm-hmm. I didn't look mm-hmm. in the mirror one day and say, I am black. Somebody told me that I would be seen as a black Mm -hmm. person. And that's very different. And then they told me, because society sees you this way, this is the way in which you should behave. That's not existing. That's not existing. I'm living into somebody else's narrative and I'm living in somebody Mm. else's idea of me. That is not existing. That is not authentic being. And that is not living, moving, and, and breathing in the space that God has created for me. That's living in somebody else's mind and on the tip of the tongue of some other human being. That's not the word that God has for me. It's just mm-hmm. not. No, I was told that I would be called black. I was told that I would be oppressed because of these things. That is not what I told myself. No, I'm an African 
American woman, proudly that. Beautiful people. They're not the face of need or starvation. Mm. Okay, so please Amen. miss me with all of these commercials. Because I grew up with it. African mm -hmm. people being viewed uh, as poverty stricken with, with yeah. swollen bellies and flies on their eyes. I rebuke all y'all for that, mm. that touristic, that voyeurism uh, yes. that you called missions. Yeah. Save this That's child for 25 cents a day. Save this child for 25 cents a day. Let's talk about <laughs> colonialism. Let's talk about conquest. Let's talk oh, about all the people shucks. you stole and robbed from. Uh -huh. Let's give it back. We'll talk about reparations. So no, I'm from those people, those uh -huh. African people. Or when you take their, you take their name, you take their identity, you take their language, and you call them black. That's erasure to me. Come that's on. erasure. When you take away all that is, and you say I'm going to call you Negro, that's not their name. There's mm. no. That's, they're called. They're called Yoruba. They're called Ashanti. There's no tribe called Negro. There's no tribe <laughs> called Black. Y'all better quit playing with me. Like no. It's a no. game. This is, it is race no is really a game. Mm -hmm. No. Well, it's, no. A lot of money. Oh yes, it's a, a capitalist money to this system. game. It's a capitalistic system. We play on and, and prey on folks with these capitalistic, uh, these capitalistic ends and means. It's important. And it keeps us fighting. Let me write books about it. <laughs> we give lectures about it. We tour the country. Then we fight again. Mm -hmm. We make more money. We create more words. We create more hashtags. Then we fight again. Well, I'm saying, miss me with all that. There's another way that we're supposed to be. Let me pray about on at least on Sunday morning, sometimes on Communion Sunday. Your mm -hmm. kingdom come. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be kinfo. You're supposed to be praying that every day. We're supposed to. And we're not going to become one like this. Race has no vested interest in reconciliation. Race was created to divide. Race has no desire for us to come together at all. That's not the way the system, the system is set up. It is to maintain segregation. There is no racial justice. That system wasn't created for justice. There's no racial reconciliation. It wasn't created for us to be reconciled to each other. There's no racial mm. tolerance. The system wasn't created for that. That system was created for oppressed and oppressor. Those are the only identities that can be inhabited in that space. So when I so identify as black, I'm immediately identifying myself as, as the one that is oppressed, will be oppressed. You will, I know, I'm not gonna speak that curse over my life. Mm. You will not oppress me. I have people talk to me all the time. It's, trying to confess their whiteness to me and their white privileges, give them up. Give them up. You should see how quickly the conversation ends when I say, deny those privileges. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. where are you really from? And then, they, then they'll tell me, oh, my people. They know exactly what that means, too. Yeah, yeah. I ask them, where, mm -hmm. where are your people from? Oh, I'm from, you know, such and such and such. And such. Said, what don't you know. identify as that? No, they'll tell me. Oh, I'm from, my folks are from Italy. My folks came over and da, 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 da. I said, won't you identify as that? Well... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whiteness mm -hmm. is about power. It's they about know. privilege. It's about mm -hmm. perks. Whiteness is about social benefits. You want to talk about affirmative action. The first recipients, according to uh, Ira Katznelson, he has a book called uh, When Affirmative Action Was White. <laughs> mm. The first the first the first welfare recipients, the first affirmative affirmative action recipients were socially colored white people. Come on, white Ellis women. Island. Come on, mm -hmm. Ellis Island. Change your name. Mm. You lose that accent and take on whiteness and we'll give you these things. Race is a game, people. And I refuse to be a lab in this experiment. It's a theological game too. That call to oneness has been usurped in many ways, replaced by a call to sameness. Yeah. Lump yeah. everyone and yeah. try to draw them into the same, which really means white. I was gonna say, which usually is whiteness. It's usually, it's a, all we have is a plantation whiteness. mindset. That's all we have. Mm. Oh, gross. 
No, it is. It's, I'm serious. It's, it's just a plant. It's a plantation mindset, a plantation system. It's all about colonizing. So even in worship, mm-hmm. you can have a diverse mm-hmm. church, you know, where mm-hmm. multiple cultures are represented, but it's usually a European American pastor. Mm-hmm. Has to be. Has to be the lead. Who, uh, they cannot imagine that. a space. Cannot imagine a space where African American people or any other any other mm-hmm. cultural group is leading. Mm-hmm. That narrative doesn't fit. For race that- to work and to make sense, socially colored white people have to be on top. Always. Yeah. Which is why you got to tear it down. Which is why you got to call it into question. Emerson and uh, Edwards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got to read Dr. Edwards on that. Do you think it can change? It's changing now. Systems, institutions? It's changing now. Starts by questioning. Why? You think it it can change? Absolutely, I do. You got to have people. Folks didn't think. There were people who thought slavery would be always. Mm. This is the way it is. And Mm. segregation. This is the way it's always going to be a group of people that do that. But then you have your Harriet Tubman's. Come on, Moses. If you're Martin mm. Luther King, you have your Rosa Parks. You have people who say, I'm not doing that anymore. And they all were hated on. Don't do that. Don't cause any trouble. Just leave it alone. It'll be fine. It'll work itself out. It's not right. Not right now. You know, but, but the question is always how long? Not long. Mm. They're always telling me to wait. It's not time. There's always a group of people that says the time is now. It's time up for this. We've done this for 400 years, more than 400 years. That's over. But there's always going to be a group of people that says it's not the right time. It's never the right time to do what's right. If you're going to have limited energy and you put the time, your time into reimagining what is next and for Mm -hmm. your people who are yet to come, Mm That can come in the form and the shape of reimagining the systems or the institutions, um, or it can come at creating something new on the outside. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm definitely a deconstructionist. I believe in blowing stuff up. I think you just need to preach on top of the rubble. This world so, needs to pass away. But, this, but this, that's this not racialized world. institution. No, I don't want to, no. It's, so it's, you believe it can be. But there's a world that's coming effort, that does not need this. This I don't uh-huh. need this foundation. Oh, I agree. This institution, this stuff has to go. It's it's rotten from the bottom. I'm just has to go. Talking to a kindred soul. <laughs> no, it just I'm has just to go. To I think I should preach on the rubble. <laughs> I don't think I need to save any of it. For what? Start over from scratch. Tabula rasa. New creation. New heaven. New earth. Mm-hmm. Born again. New being. Where? I, where's the newness? So the so the institution can be saved, but. That's somebody else's work. Yeah, for it's not my job. It's not my calling. I didn't hear that. It wasn't my you calling. You know, some people have been, and and uh, and people on the margins have been called to to do that. And, and that's and, good. Yeah, it is. But if you like getting your ass beat every day uh, for nothing <laughs> in particular, then then yeah, go try that. And no. it is. It's a, it's an ass beating. People every do day. feel called to that. I'm just saying, not mm-hmm. everyone is. You called have to, to that. if you want to say teach. Like, I don't know how many options, and there are a couple, but how many options you got to stay within the institution of education, for example, just to use an example, Mm. but to see the change. And I'm with you. I I think these institutions can change as we've seen evidence in the past. But what we can't really conceptualize culturally is is incrementalism, that big things can change, but it's going to take 200 years for it to do that. We don't have that kind of time. No, people like uh, Willie James, we don't. Willie, mm-hmm. I'm getting older. Willie James Jennings has a book now. It's called um, After Whiteness, mm-hmm. Education and Belonging. Mm-hmm. I, I believe in speaking, speaking worlds into existence by the very words you speak. Mm-hmm. If you want to see something different, you got to say something different. 
You keep and saying he, the same thing. I mean, ironic thing. though. He's after he's, whiteness. He's out he's, of Duke, right? That, that's why I made the point when you talked about people being professors mm-hmm. and teaching in systems. Mm-hmm. He already has a book out after whiteness. He's already mm-hmm. imagining a space where it's it's no longer mm-hmm. dominated, True. and it's an education yeah. in belonging after whiteness. Hmm. I started that. It sounds like I got to finish. Sir, I'm telling you, he's teaching. (laughs) He's teaching. He's teaching and he's preaching. No, because people don't seem to realize it's a a quick read, but it's a deep read. Uh, I think persons need to have different conversations. I think that folks, some people, mm -hmm. those future people I'm talking about are tired of these same conversations about, oh, the white man is on my neck. Ah, It's time to fight back. Time to push up. Don't you think the future is now? Oh, absolutely. Which is why I'm speaking about it now. Mm hmm. Because I think that there are a lot of people in 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 my world, um, all sorts of people, white folks too, uh, who are in this space, longing for a reimagination onto something better. Yeah, but you better do the work. Uh, a deeper maybe. Is, yeah, but you got to do the work. This is not oh, let's just skip, jump, and hop over the harm I've caused. Oh, sure. And the privileges yeah. I possess. I had I did a whole lot of work before I divested myself of race. It wasn't just like, uh, mm. no, I had to tell, figure out what it was. Tell us about that. Just hit the yeah. uh, the highlights of what yeah. you had to do the work. What are the highlights of that work? It started by looking in the mirror. And then I, mm. I questioned my own origin stories. I had to talk to my parents about how I came to be. And that started a mm. whole conversation. Uh, and that was about 19. Uh, and then I started reading every book I could on race. And as you know, I collect books on it. Um, and so mm. learning, learning that race is a word, it's a four letter curse word, Learning that mm. it had an origin story that is not in the beginning with us, mm. <laughs> that was also yep. very helpful. Yep. Knowing yep. that, knowing, uh, giving, learning an exact time, exact date for when whiteness became an identity was liberating. Because so often mm. we're taught that whiteness is supreme, that whiteness is eternal, that whiteness is in everything mm-hmm. that's ubiquitous. Yep. It really isn't. It's but explicit you, and you can, implicit. You can, you can. Some people are not going to believe this, but you can, you can, you don't have to welcome whiteness into every space. Howard Thurman talks about it all, all the time about creating a center within yourself that those oppressive forces cannot get to. And if you're not safe mm. in your own body, if you're not safe in your own body, where there's a word. Be? Where can you be? So create a center. It starts right with you in your own body, making space in your own body. But when those oppressive forces try to come against you, um, they're not allowed in. So at first, it starts with you creating a holy habitation space for you, for the divine to be possessed in you. Um, and it's just conflictual. Race and the Imago Dei, they can't, it's one or the other. They cancel each other out for me. Can't be made in the image of God and in the image of a stereotypical being. Hmm. I just can't. And so I'm going to choose the Imago Dei. I'm not going to choose this other narrative that's clearly chosen for me. No, you just have to do your work. You got to study. Don't talk about race flippantly. It's a, it's a very... Uh, thoughtful system of deception. Um, So it takes a lot of work. I must have read about race for about 10 years. Um, And it takes guts, it takes nerve to question race, to push push back on it. But I I consider myself a race atheist. I have no faith in race. Hmm. You will not, you will never make a believer out of me. I'm not gonna invest in my own, but I'm not gonna invest in my own oppression. Hmm. I'm not gonna take that on. (laughs) I'm just not gonna do that. No, Hmm. no, thank you. I'm gonna pass on that. I'm not gonna say that you are better than me because of the way you look. What year are we in? I'm too old for that. Just, yeah, that, that's, that's social righteousness, that aesthetic righteousness, that good people look a particular way. I have no biblical basis for that, and the facts don't bear out. Every serial killer I've, I've learned of is socially colored white. Every mass murderer I've learned of is socially colored white. Don't, don't come to me with all that. All this murder and mayhem in the world. I'm not, I'm not a threat. 
because you, you have, you've colored me in this particular way. It also prevents us from really knowing each other and learning mm. each other's stories. Like mm-hmm. if, you just, if I would have introduced myself as a black person, stereotypes come up, not my mm-hmm. story. You would mm-hmm. not know that my folks are from Florida or that I'm currently living mm-hmm. in Pui or that I'm mm-hmm. in a doctor of ministry program. No, you would see me as stereotypically a loud, angry black woman. No, mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. That's, those are the words I can inhabit. Mm. I reject that. Mm. There's way too many words in the world that, that you're going to make <laughs> me embody that. And you're going to tell me I have to be that. So when I come into a space, I have to, I can't, I don't even have the rhythm to roll my neck and to put my mm. hand on my hip and to be sassy. Why I have to be that because blackness says so. I don't think a word, <laughs> I don't think a word should have that kind of, that kind of power. Mm-hmm. Over me, and I don't think mm-hmm. I should have to embody that. Same thing mm-hmm. goes for whiteness mm-hmm. that teaches mm-hmm. you to deceive and to mm. lie and to smile when you really don't like the person you're looking at. Mm, it's a lot of, boy. it's, it's a lot, mm-hmm. it's a lot. And it's, it's a lot of self-confrontation about who you mm. are really. Because That's race, a race creates a mask. Long work. Yeah. Race creates a mask It grins and lies. Isn't that what Paul Dunbar talks about? It's a mask. It's a deconstruction of, of self. Yes, it is. Which is if you have been formed over decades uh-huh. in, a, in a formation of white supremacy, uh-huh. it will take so, but isn't it just also as long. dying to self? Isn't it not dying mm. to self? Because race is about conversion. Mm. Right? Most people came over from Ellis Island. That's a body of water. That was a baptism. Mm. Race is about conversion. Race is conversion. Yes, of course it is. <sighs> Yep, you have yep. to die to your cultural self to take on these new identities, whoever Power you were is before. A powerful drug. Yes, that was the exchange. Yes, yes. You are. That's that's a baptism into these identities and these new tongues, or you call people the N word. Yeah, you get a new tongue, right? You get to say particular things about people because mm, of who you are now. In. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's. It's, I feel like it's all a part. Shit. This racelessness is all a part of discipleship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us about anti-racist. Would you label it as such anti-racist nope. discipleship? Oh no, I'm anti-race. Mm-hmm. Because race anti-race begot discipleship. Oh yeah, I'm, because okay. race begot racism. Mm-hmm. Race is mm-hmm. the system. So you would la- do you use that uh, term anti-race discipleship? I mean, if I had to, well, the race okay. is the source. Racism is the system. Yeah. So what? T- tell us about the formation. Um, maybe. The name doesn't matter, but tell us about this uh, formation that you're pouring into and forming and making available, I assume, to others. <laughs> right, the uh, invitation. I'm not talking program here. No, I'm I don't. I'm just do talking programs, embodied. My lord, no, yeah, it's, it's, it's the embodied community aspect. Uh, clearly, it begins as a personal work, right? Um, Which you has to start there? It, it, absolutely. But However, you, for you, to go you into can't community. do that. Yeah, I mean, you can, but they're... Uh, By yourself forever. No, no, you can't. But I don't have a program to offer because everybody's way is different. Oh, everybody's story is different. I'm not talking program. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying that... Uh, so this pursuit of the... Oh, I the picked this up people. following Jesus. What you talking about? Mm-hmm, exactly. I, and so it, I was trying to step it's... on the heels of Jesus, and all I kept hearing was death, death, die to self. Mm. It, yeah, it was about it was about self mortification. It's about living into regeneration. I don't have any new words. This is what mm-hmm. dying to self looks like. This is what Galatians chapter three, verse twenty seven and twenty eight look like. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. But all are 
one in Christ, right? Christ is all and all is Christ. It's those scriptures that we say we preach, but we really don't. It's about living into that narrative. That's what it is. I'm living deeply into that. There, there are words that I've read in the Bible and there are words that have been read back to me that come back and speak to me. And that text, that one in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 39, where he says, uh, Paul says to the Corinthians, there's only one flesh for human beings. He said, there's another one for animals, another one for fish, just like that, like real flippant. There's just one flesh for human beings. And you just let those words, this is what meditation looks like. You walk with those words mm -hmm. for years at a time and you're like, one flesh for human beings? It's just mm -hmm. one? Yeah, there's just one flesh. You can call it what you want, but there's only one flesh that's being used to cover human beings. Just like there's one flesh to cover fish or one flesh to cover animals, just one kind. Now race can tell you something different. That's a part of the illusion, but it's about walking out those scriptures, letting those words inhabit you and create a new world, a new worldview. And that's what Jesus talked about. Yeah. Is that the, I want to, I'm still trying to tease out the communal aspect or the, or where the community comes into play. Oh, you uh, mess with surrounding my doctor these of formative. <laughs> oh, am my, I reading it now? No, that's my doctor of ministry paper. Uh -huh. uh, how, how that happens. Well, what is it? Give us a, a, a glimpse of, of what the community aspect might take on in, in the chase collectively uh, towards this oneness. So it's, probably, it's definitely rooted in that Acts community where we share all things in common. Mm -hmm. And so it begins with divestment. Mm -hmm. I live deeply into that. If you're going to share all it's, things in it common, starts, you're not going to It starts, it begins yeah. with divestment. Yeah. For me, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. And denial rejection of taking off that I know I do not need this perk to be, in, I cannot have this perk and be in community with you and it'd be safe for you. An individual divestment, but you're, you're, you're I, I sense you're speaking holistically. Yeah, I mean, coming to that, the group that, and the saying individual, that these are the things I come bearing, sharing and But story. also material. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To me, that's what I read. You know, if anyone has <laughs> need, you know, uh, I'm sharing freely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's, that, it's that new monasticism that folks have. Yeah. I'm talking about living what the Bible talks about. The stuff that we do that passes for church yeah. now, that's not church. That's clubby. It yeah. is. It's cliquish. Mm -hmm. it's, it's that's like, uh, that Robert's club. rule of order. That's like, no, thank you. That's just, oh, okay, girl. Oh, you started it. I'm just saying that just doesn't pass for church for me. So it would require a new mm -hmm. kind of community. And I most often see it. Mm -hmm. um, and monasticism and, and spaces like what Jonathan Wilson mm. Art Grove is doing um, mm. in North Carolina mm -hmm. and what my boy um, Shane Claiborne is doing at the simple way is living. And I mean, mm -hmm. living in community. I mean, sharing yeah. space, which is not what you're going to see when folks are having, you know, you got one church in three locations. Mm. You know, it's you capitalistic in, in, in drive and in scheme. There's a reality because of the Shane Claiborne examples mm -hmm. Uh, these are highly incarnational communities. Mm -hmm. I'll use that word, highly yes. incarnational communities. Yes. Those are hard communities yes, to they are. create. Yes, they are. When I look at my own context right now, the critical aspect and place really helps here, having everyone close to each other in proximity. Mm -hmm. uh, it is so hard to build community. You want to talk about people who are longing for some uh, some release from old formation and into a new reimagined way or a recovery mm -hmm. of the old way. Mm -hmm. They don't want to take that next step into depth because of the cost it will take. Oh, yeah. It's hard to make and create oh, yeah. and be in this kind of community. Yeah, but that's the point. Hmm. It's supposed to be. 
death is hard, but all mm. roads lead to Calvary. Mm. I don't know. It's not supposed to be easy. He it's dies. It's not supposed to be he easy. He dies. It is death. It, I know so it's this, morbid, the but leader, it's the though. message. It's, it's morbid, but it's the message. I'm with you all the way. Well, I'm, I'm not now, suggesting that you are. The... I think I'm preaching to the folks in the back. I, hey, it's morbid, but it's the message. He's only going one way. And things just from have a leader's to die. perspective, though, and now I'll, I'll let my own vulnerabilities come out from from the perspective of the pioneers. You're talking about all the times of and where you're situated right now, pushing ahead into the unknown in places and spaces where the bridges have yet to be built. Yeah, to build um, or make available, and I know this is God's work. This kind of community is hard. It's obscure. You're put out into the wilderness. There ain't no hazard pay. I had never seen my check that came in the mail because I've been going first in these pieces. It, it's a space to basically stay in perpetual obscurity. No one's going to hand you intentional, incarnational, whatever, whatever community. Like, do you have a decade plus to try and fail? That's hard. But it's worth it. It's better than going and if you can standing, get it, standing up and sitting down, standing up and sitting down. I want to walk with Jesus. Oh, for sure. No, no. Oh, and the balance to that is is it's not a choice between the depth of community which we're chasing here, which I hear you're chasing, and the stand up, sit down, five songs announcements, thirty minutes of preaching. <laughs> no, no, that's the that's not the opposite. The opposite is no faith at all, or no practice at all. Like, I'm not going back into that space. It, it's, I'll do nothing instead. Because the other one, I'd lose my soul. But just the attempt and the continued relentless pursuit of that depth of relationship. That's because I want to know me. You talked about this. No, there's no deep knowing of God without a deep knowing of self. Calvin is right. If, I want, if I'm invested in knowing me, and I am. I don't want to mm. spend my life living as a stranger to myself. Oh, and and now it's a matter of trying to draw in those who resonate with the same pursuit of self, of, of, of revealing deeper within, mm -hmm. that image from within, mm -hmm. and then paying the cost of trying to do so imperfectly mm -hmm. in the context of community. Mm -hmm. Haven't unlocked that. I'll, I'll read your uh, dissertation for the answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. It is. It's. I think it's a good work. I think it's a necessary work. That's a good word. It is a good work, even though you're not going to, in the old formation, mm -hmm. see the quote unquote results oh, in the same way. It is a good thing. work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel better. We saw that. <laughs> but it's not. It's we're looking for that. What are the you know you know bricks and butts and bottom line? It's not that. It's just mm, about mm -hmm. being, just about being. I just want to be. And I thought the I, pandemic yeah. would teach us that. Like uh -huh, when it all uh -huh. boils down it to has. it, what do you really have? And who are you? Yes. Really? Well, it Howard Thurman would ask you, who are you us. really? Who are you really? Uh -huh. Do you even know? And how fast we were not okay in our own skin. Yep. But then how quickly we haven't shifted to chase deeper. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have things to say about that. We all <laughs> longed for liberation. We like for the first time, so many, almost everyone, 
they were on the same playing field and they were longing for some kind of liberation for something that wasn't right. And what came out of the end of it was a call to return, quote unquote, back to normal. Yeah, that normal didn't work. It didn't help. It was broken. Yeah, that's the space we have seen ourselves come in. Here's my, my, my contention, is that to all those who are claiming and calling for deeper in their own pursuit, and, and we'll use a spiritual or Christian pursuit of deeper towards Jesus, uh, it's still hard to draw them into, I'll use this word, it's the wrong word, the commitment of that intentional community. Something's missing. There's, there's something still incongruent fighting against old systems. Mm. But it's so worth it. I, it, it, it is to me, I, there's a deep... Totally. I just, I, What's I, missing then? I haven't unlocked it. <laughs> but that's the No, work. seriously. It's, it's You're right. It's worth it. So shouldn't these attempts... So that's the balance maybe, that it's so worth it, but you got to go through the depth and the struggle that we've never gone through before to get there. Mm -hmm. There is a thing called wrestling, which we don't really like to do. We like it all worked out and put on a piece of paper mm, and tell answers, us when. Yeah, tell answers. me when to sit and stand. Just, Just tell I'll me when I'm paper. supposed to give. Just tell me when I'm giving. Oh, and we say amen right <laughs> it's here. It's too easy. Uh, no, we're supposed to wrestle. Faith is to be wrestled mm. with. God is to be wrestled with. It should not, not be a, that easy. The fact it, that we've pinned not... God down to a day and a time always messes with me. God is going to show up on Sunday morning at 8, 9, and 11 a.m. service. If you're not here, then you've missed God. And look at you. Look at, and look at you now. Look at you. <laughs> no, it's, God, is, God is bigger than that. Mm. Yeah, God is so yeah. much bigger. I don't think we want to live into that. We want a God whittled down. We want a God. We want a God. Small. Yeah, we want a God that, you know, pint-sized God. Can I get well, God, I you know, a small, you know, regular, medium, large, maybe not extra large. Just enough to consume. We don't want the we don't want the flood that drowns. We don't want that. There are a lot of different things and ideas in this podcast. I think I'll be listening to it again. Aspects of identity and really offering a different perspective on many of the pieces of contemporary evangelicalism or just contemporary Christianity to pull out different voices and experiences and histories. This does us well gives us ways to reframe our thinking and to imagine a faith that is larger than our own and our own exposure. Thanks so much, Starlet, for sharing all of your ideas. Once again, you can find her at theracelessgospel.com and her Twitter handle is the same. I think Instagram as well, racelessgospel.com.